Welcome to the Rock House Baptist Church Podcast. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and challenges you to grow closer to God and to share Him with others. If you would like to find out more about this church or how you can connect, grow, and go, then be sure to check us out online at rockhousebaptist.org. And now, today's message. Today, we're going to continue looking at God's Word as we go through it together in 2020. Last week, we looked at another scene from the life of King David. And King David, in our story last week in 2 Samuel, had uh, made so many mistakes. It was really one uh, sin we talked about, this temptation of lust crept into his life, and he fed it, he, he allowed it to grow, and eventually it became... Not only lust, but adultery and murder and deceit and lies and just one thing right after the other. But we talked about how King David, when confronted with his sin, he confessed it and he repented. And we said, you know, because of that attitude right there, he was by by no means a perfect man. But because of when faced with his sin, he always turned from it and repented. I think that's why the Bible calls King David a man after God's own heart. Uh, One thing we see from David's life, and from David's teaching for that matter, is an age-old truth that says uh, life is all about choices. Everything we do in life can be traced down to a choice, a decision, sometimes good, sometimes bad. And the late, great theologian George Jones said it best when he said, I've had choices since the day I was born. And he goes on to say, now I'm living and I'm dying with the choices I've made. I'll be honest with you, I don't know if many truer words have ever been sang or written. But that's true because life truly is all about choices. In our reading plan this week, we're going to be going through several of the Psalms. And uh, we'll be doing that along the way, kind of jumping back and forth. But the reason we're hitting some of them right now is because, as you may know, several of the Psalms, many of them actually, can be attributed to King David. Psalms like Psalm 51 that we read last week, where many believe that's the psalm, the prayer that David prayed and wrote after his sin with Bathsheba and murdering Uriah. Psalm 23, the shepherd's psalm. And the one we're going to look at this morning, Psalm chapter 1, which has been called the preface psalm. It's the first one, obviously, there in the book of Psalms. And it contains the theme of the entire book of Psalms, really the theme of the entire Bible, which says there are two ways. And maybe your Bible has that title over top of this psalm, the two ways or the two paths, two choices. Uh, There's two options that we all have. It's one single set of choices that every man, every woman, every child must choose for themselves. It's either the Lord's way or it's the way that, as David says, leads to ruin, leads to destruction. There's no in-between. It's God's way and then it's every other way. All these years ago, David realized in his wisdom, in his relationship with God, that life can really be summed up in two choices. Let's read together this morning Psalm chapter 1. It's only six verses. It's a short psalm. It's a great psalm to memorize, by the way, as you're memorizing these verses. And let's read this together, then we'll talk about what it has to say. Psalm 1 says, How happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked, 
or stand in the pathway with sinners, or sit in the company of mockers. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on it day and night. He is like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. The wicked are not like this. Instead, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand up in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to ruin. First thing I want us to see from Psalm chapter 1 is that choosing God does mean a happy life. Uh, Robertson clan, you are known for saying it's a happy, happy, happy life. When you choose God. And this word here, it's, it's really more than happy. It's similar to the same word that Jesus uses in his famous Sermon on the Mount. When he goes through the Beatitudes and he says, Blessed are these and blessed are they. It's, it's, it is happy. It is blessed. But it's, it's even more than that. It's a deep-rooted joy that we have. This person that chooses God. It's a hope that transcends every difficulty, every situation in life. Because you have the Lord in your life. And notice David addresses how this happens. Three main things here. Just in the first verse. He says, they do not walk in the advice of the wicked. You know, when you walk the way everybody else walks, you're going to have the same problems everybody else has. You're going to uh, get bad advice. You're going to get bad influences. You're going to have a lot of negative impacts in your life, but godly counsel brings peace. Godly counsel, the Bible says, gives us wisdom, and we're blessed. We're happy when we're surrounded by truthful and encouraging words rather than the advice of the wicked. He says, secondly, you do, they do not stand in the pathway with sinners. This is a touchy subject because I know all of us good Christians want our, to try our best to reach all these lost people in our lives. It's one thing to do that. We have to do that. But we've got to be careful when we're trying to reach people and bring them up that they don't bring us down. And that's something, that's a subject you've got to approach very carefully, very prayerfully. You've got to follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. When you look at, David uses this word pathway. Every sinner, we've been there, every sinner has a different pathway. Every sinner has a different Sin a different way. For some, it's drunkenness. For some, it's drugs. For some, it's sexual immorality. For others, it may be something like gluttony or pride or even gossip. But every sinner has a different way. But the blessed person, David says, chooses not to stand in this pathway. You may find yourself there sometimes in life. You get off the straight and narrow path and you find yourself in the pathway of sinners. Certainly David did. And when you do, you have to turn and repent from that and get back on track with the Lord. You do not stand there. These people have chosen another way. David says a better way. And third thing he says is they do not sit in the company of mockers. What King David's saying is this is the ultimate degradation. You've gone from walking to standing to now you're sitting in the company of mockers. You see, the mocker is someone that no longer walks, no longer stands. They are immovable. They're unreasonable. 
They're not going to be swayed by our nice words or however many Bible verses we want to quote. The mocker sits and mocks the truth. They mock the eternal realities that every person is faced with. And sometimes these voices right here are the ones in our lives that cut us the, the deepest. Sometimes they're the people that are closest to us. We want to respect them. We want to try and sway them. Sometimes they're the people that, that we care about the most. Sometimes they're in respectable positions. But here's the thing. <laughs> Charles Spurgeon, I think you said this. He wrote, The seat of the scorner may be very lofty, but it is very near to the gate of hell. Let us flee from it, for it shall soon be empty, and destruction shall swallow up the man who sits therein. And so the one who chooses God over all these things, over all these different options, different choices in life, will have a blessed and happy life. It's not always an easy life, but man, let me tell you, it's a blessed life. That truth makes me think of the life of a man by the name of John Bunyan. By all accounts and by all standards, John Bunyan had a very difficult, probably we might say an unblessed or a cursed life. It was very tough. He was born to poor gypsy parents that... Uh, they were tinkers, which meant in that day they basically repaired pots and pans for people. They, they just barely got by. He battled throughout his life uh, illiteracy early on. He battled um, sin. He had several near-death experiences and just really one hardship after the other. But one day, John Bunyan came to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And he got so impassioned for the Lord that he began to preach about his Savior. And he got in trouble, he got arrested because he was preaching outside of the established church of England. He was thrown into prison. And while he was in prison, he had two resources. He had the Bible, and he had a book called Fox's Book of Martyrs. It's a book that contains all these accounts of early Christian martyrs. And sitting and reading and studying these while in prison, John Bunyan began to write his own thoughts. And he wrote a story called Pilgrim's Progress which became the most popular book in the history of the world, second only to the Bible. His, his life wasn't always easy, but it was blessed, and he was happy. And people knew he was blessed in spite of his hardship, to the point that the great Dr. John Owen told King Charles, after going and hearing Bunyan preach, he said, I would gladly give up all my learning for that tinker's power of preaching. Folks, it's just like Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 in the Sermon on the Mount when he said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the humble, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. And just as King David said, Blessed or happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked, does not stand in the pathway with sinners, or sit in the company of mockers. The second thing I want us to see this morning is that choosing uh, God over everything else naturally should lead us to this. 
Choosing God's Word. And when we choose God's Word, it means that we will have a fruitful life. Verse 2, David says, we delight in the Lord's instruction. When we choose God, when we come to have a relationship with Him through the Lord Jesus Christ, we have to choose God's Word. It's part of the deal. And God's Word is not just informative. You will learn a lot if you study it. But it's not just informative, it's transformative. It changes your life. It renews your mind, as Paul says. It washes your soul. It is food. And nurture it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. It's nutrition <laughs> for your soul. And we got to read it. We've got to study it. We've got to meditate on it. Now, here in the mountains, we wouldn't use that word. We'd say we just need to stew on it just a little bit. Just mull it over in our minds and let it soak into our minds and into our hearts where it can begin to change us from the inside out. And as we say here, we get into the Word into the, until the Word gets into us. The result of living in God's Word, David would say, is fruit. He says, this person that chooses God and chooses God's Word is like a tree planted beside flowing streams whose leaf does not wither. Folks, Christians are supposed to be fruitful people. We're supposed to produce fruit. And Jesus, in His Sermon on the Mount towards the end, He's teaching His listeners and His disciples how that we will know the difference between a person that's chosen God and is following Him and a person that Jesus calls a false prophet. And how did Jesus say we'd know the difference? He said, you'll know them by their fruit. Notice what He says, Matthew 7. You'll recognize them by their fruit. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? In the same way... Every good tree produces good fruit, but a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, neither can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree, get this, every tree that doesn't produce good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So it makes us wonder and ask the question for ourselves, what kind of fruit are you producing? Jesus says you're going to produce fruit in one form or the other, good fruit or bad fruit. What kind of fruit are you producing? Are you in love with God's Word? Do you delight in the Lord's instruction, as David says? Because if you choose God, you'll love His Word. And if you love God's Word and you live by God's Word, your life will be fruitful. That's the way we want to live. Those first three verses. But then David realized and understood there's, there's two ways, there's two options, two choices that we have to choose from. Not everybody is going to choose the right way. Not everybody is on the right path this morning. And let's read those last three verses together one more time. David says, again, the wicked are not like this. Instead, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand up in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to ruin. If I had to sum up what David is trying to tell us, is that is that life without God is worthless. Life without God is, is meaningless. I think David would say it has no purpose has no direction except towards ruin and destruction. It's in vain. 
And you look at David's life, David could have anything that this life in this world had to offer. Power, prestige, pleasure, prosperity. But even with all of that, David looked at his life and he said, you know what? All of this stuff, all of these things that's, that's maybe stolen my heart for a moment in life, every bit of it, as fun as some of it was, as glorious as my palace may be, every bit of that pales in comparison to having a relationship with God. The wicked, he says, they're like chaff blown in the wind. And if you're not familiar with what he's talking about, chaff is the useless part of grain. So take wheat, for example. They would put the wheat out on the threshing floor and they'd begin to separate the chaff from the usable part of the wheat. And then they would take a, like we would call it a shovel or a pitchfork, and they'd throw it up in the air and the wind would catch the chaff. It'd catch the, the part that was no good and it would literally blow it away. And that, in that way, they would separate the wheat from the chaff. And the wheat, of course, would fall back down. It would remain because the chaff had no substance, had no weight, and it'd just be blown in the wind. And David's saying to us today that the life without God is like this chaff. It has no substance. It has no purpose. It has no staying power. One day it's all just going to fade away, just like something blown in the wind. And in Matthew chapter 3, there's an interesting correlation here. John the Baptist is out preaching one day, and the, the religious leaders of his time come up, and, and he begins to tell them about Jesus. And here's what he says in Matthew chapter 3, verse 12. He said, he is talking about Jesus. Winnowing shovel. That's what they would throw this up in the air with. His winnowing shovel is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn. But the chaff he will burn with fire that never goes out. Folks, that's about as clear and plain as you can put it. You can either choose Jesus or you can choose the way to destruction. Now, I think the Bible is very clear that either you're choosing not only Jesus or ruin, you're choosing heaven or you're choosing hell. You are choosing life or death. These people that came to hear John the Baptist, they were devout, but they were not fruitful. They were uh, students of God's Word. They knew God's Word better than most of us know God's Word, but the thing is they had not allowed it to change their hearts. They were religious, but they didn't know God. Apart from God, all of life is worthless. And we have to choose Every one of us, I can't choose for you. Your wife, your husband, your grandma, grandparent, nobody can make this decision for you. You have to either choose to follow Jesus or you're going to choose a path that leads to hell. There's only two options. It's really easy, too. If you're going to choose God, all you've got to do is by simple faith Accept His free gift of salvation that He's made available to you through Jesus Christ by sending Him and allowing Him to die on the cross in your behalf and rising again and defeating death and sin forever. And all you have to do is accept Him. And if you don't, if you don't act on that, that knowledge that I've just shared with you, that truth, then you're making a choice and you're telling God no this morning. It really boils down to the life that you want to have. 
I read these verses and I was thinking this week, man, well, how wonderful it would be to one day look back over my life and somebody be able to take those first three verses of Psalm chapter 1 and say, that's Tyler right there. That's the life that he lived. What are they going to say about you? Which side of the, of the fence are you going to be known for? And here's the thing, there's no straddling the fence. You may think that you're trying to straddle the fence this morning. But there's no gray area. You're either all in for the Lord or you're out. And maybe that's exactly where you are this morning. You need to come down off the fence and be wholly committed to the Lord. Maybe you want better. You just need to make that commitment. There's no third option. As David says, there's two ways. If you want Jesus this morning, if you need a, a relationship with Him, here's what I want you to do. We're not going to sing a song and get you all teared up and all that. But if God's Word has pierced your heart this morning and you know that if you die today and you're on the wrong path, you're headed the wrong way, and you would go to hell, and you want to be saved, I want you to send us a message. I want you to use the Connect card in the, the comments of this video, or I want you to get on our website and, and get on the phone, give us a call. However you need to reach us, let us walk with you through this so you too can have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. David teaches us, if we don't make that choice, if we make the wrong choice, there's literally hell to pay. And so this morning I plead with you, consider where you are. And for those of you that need a deeper commitment, God's always there. Why don't you join me as we close out in prayer this morning. Father, we thank you, Lord, for allowing us to come together. Lord, through this technology today to look at your word. God, I pray that our lives, that my life would reflect the right way, the right choice that David presents here in Psalm chapter 1. Lord, that I could choose you over everything in life. Lord, that I could choose your word and that my life would be fruitful. And God, I pray that you would always be with us. Lord, if there's someone here this morning that's not on that path, that they know that they're lost and they're a sinner and they need a Savior, God, I pray that today you would just pierce their heart. I pray that they would have the courage and the faith to make that choice, to reach out and to ask for prayer. Lord, I pray that you'd bring our church back together, Lord, in person, in your own time. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for tuning in today. And remember, the greatest decision that you could ever make is to place your faith in Jesus Christ for salvation and begin a personal relationship with Him. Again, thanks for listening. God bless.